You are listening to the Evolution Exchange podcast, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful technical leaders within the UK. I'm Ruth Pike. I help connect tech teams with contract tech talent. And today I am your host. Today I'm joined by a great panel to discuss the first in the series of women in tech. Now, before we delve any deeper into the topics, I'm going to work around the room with some introductions. So what I'd like to know is who it is you are, who you're here for and what it is you're passionate about. So Simi, I'm going to start with yourself. Tell us a little bit about you, please. Yeah, um, my name is Simi Soleri. I'm head of engineering for a company called 288 Group, uh, which is uh, a company which owns uh, multiple brands, e-commerce brands and also uh, a babysitting agency. So uh, an interesting combination there. Um, and I look after all the software engineering teams that um, that develop the systems and maintain uh, the the software for uh, for all of those businesses. Um, my background is software engineering. Um, I was a software engineer before, so uh, worked through through my way up and uh, and very passionate about technology. Um, and um, what I'm really passionate about is is um, inclusive leadership and trying to find ways where we can work together better. Um, and and form these teams that can really deliver um, and and create a culture um, where people can thrive. Lovely, thank you very much, Becca. Over to you. Hi, um, I'm Becca. I'm the head of product at Padme. Um, we're a digital product company working with um, different clients to deliver their product digital product strategies. Um, and what am I passionate about? Um, product and delivering what's for users, but. I think mostly like outside of work, I like being outdoors. I do a lot of archery and running. Um, yeah, <laughs> a lot of running. I'd like to add. <laughs> a, a, lot of, yeah. Yeah, a lot of running, Becca. <laughs> a lot of running and a lot of archery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Tash, over to you. Hi, I'm Tash Dave. So I'm head of engineering at Sainsbury's. I've been there for almost five years. And um, what I'm most passionate about is uh, mentoring junior members within the technology teams. Um, and I'll try and do that, that by trying to share some of my interesting stories in technology as much as possible to try and inspire them. So that includes some of the challenging aspects within technology as well to try and uh, uh, bring people along um, along that story. So, yeah, that's that's what I'm all about. Lovely. Thank you. And last but not least, Amanda. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Amanda Newman. I'm a um, tech delivery senior manager at Accenture. Um, what I'm most passionate about is supporting and empowering women to reach their potential. So um, in my spare time, which isn't much as I've got four kids, I run a, a group which I set up to um, support and share knowledge called the Career Mum on Facebook. And um, also really passionate about trying to encourage more girls into STEM and tech careers. Brilliant. Thank you all very much. So now that we've established some context into all of you, we're going to move on to the topic in focus. And this is something that I'm really passionate about and really want to speak about, um, which is women in tech. Now, we've got a number of questions to cover, so I want to make sure that we have got enough time to get these all covered. Um, so what I'm going to do is work around the room. Um, I'll pose the question and then I'll go to you guys to basically say what it is that you think on this question and your insights to it as well. So the first one that we're going to cover is how do you ensure that the environment in technology is encouraging for women and also what can male colleagues do to support this? So Tesh, let's start with yourself and we'll go clockwise. Hey, Ooh, This is a really good one, isn't it? I think for yeah. me, it always starts with the 
the culture within the organisation. And so what are we building in terms of like women in tech, in terms of the, the living, breathing parts of the organisation? That starts right from um, having bold ambitions um, and that empowerment for like women in tech and um, leadership principles um, as well. And one of the things that I've seen that um, Microsoft actually do really well um, is actually position these within their organisation and have like goals orientated around it. So it's not just lip service, but there's actual kind of like action behind it. So I think for me, there's a sense of like that that whole culture which needs to be built um, around it to try and support and encourage women in technology. Um, I think with some of that, if we are setting ourselves as an organisation goals, then there's there's something also as us as a population of female technologists to hold those leaders and HR kind of talent people to account as well. So we've got to like do our bit as well because we're not, let's face it, we're not at the place that we should be. Um, we're still within Europe, something like 70% of women are in technology positions, which is, uh, you know, a very far cry from like where we want to be. So we need to kind of like hold ourselves to account and those people who are in those positions to try and move that journey along. I think it's really important to encourage those spaces for women and allies to collaborate. And I'm deliberately saying allies because I'm going to be really honest. Sometimes when I've been to some women in tech kind of like um, groups and, and uh, within organisations, you know, it's been very much just about women. And I think we can't just kind of like move that journey and story along if we don't have our male counterparts and allies to help us with that journey and share some of those stories and try and get some traction in terms of like change. So I'm a great believer in in collaboration and, and making sure that it's not just about inviting and choosing allies, but leaving those kind of like um, uh, committees open for people to actually, uh, you know, our male counterparts to actually join in rather than be chosen, which I have also unfortunately seen, which I don't think is a great way to, to move things along. Um, I'm also, you know, uh, I like to see things like specific programs that actually help and encourage uh, women in technology as well and try and bring people along because I think, unfortunately, because we're not at that place where we all want to be um, technology wise with women and, and balancing that, that gender inequality, we have to do something a bit more intentional. So, you know, I like to see those kind of like programs um, which try and encourage women into technology as well. Um, I guess in terms of um, my advice to male colleagues and, and how best to support their, their females in technology, I think that there's a lot to be said about um, soliciting opinions because, you know, diversity of thought definitely brings innovation and great ideas. So th there are lots of like, you know, particularly junior women in technology who, who perhaps kind of like are not at that forefront of like having a voice. So I think it's, you know, I would encourage um, our female, our male counterparts to try and um, solicit, solicit those opinions and being quite intentional um, about that and definitely encourage them to please, if you if you do have a women in tech in, in your organisation, please do, do join as allies because, you know, we, we need that support, we need to have drive that change. Um, yeah, I think that they're some of the things that I would definitely be trying to advise as much as possible. So, yeah, I don't know what, what other people think. Yeah, great. Let's move on then. Amanda, do you want to take it from there? Um, I think Tasha's covered yeah. so much. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure what else there is to add other than, you know, I completely agree about leaving um, kind of women in tech communities. We need to have, it needs to be open to everybody. We can't just be trying to address this 7% um, in silos um, and really echo 
around the suggestion of making sure you help women around the table have a voice. It can be quite intimidating, um, but it also can be really empowering once you've found your voice. I remember earlier in my career being the only woman around the table. Um, and once you realise that people respect you and recognise you've got something interesting to say, that's actually a really good feeling and it gives you more confidence to speak out. So you'd be bringing great value to your team if you're an ally listening, if you can help be a sponsor for, for women around the table. Um, if there aren't, if there isn't enough diversity, not just women, but if there isn't enough diversity around the table, bring an extra seat and, and bring somebody with you to the meeting, give somebody else opportunity. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, leave some, I'll leave some space for Simi and, and Rebecca to add their thoughts. Yeah, brilliant. Girls, what do you think? Is there anything you want to, like to add on to that, Rebecca? No, I think a lot of it said, a lot of it is about the culture of the company and making sure that everyone's included. Um, and being open um, and being able to just be some a company that you can talk and be culturally driven, which I think is really key. Yeah. William, Siri, do you want to add anything? Um, yeah, I'll just echo what Tesh yeah. said uh, and everybody else as well. Um, I think in the uh, culture is extremely important. And um, some of the things that we do as part of engineering, I think we need to make sure that we are looking at things um, with um, of keeping the female talent that we want to attract uh, um, in mind. So I think in terms of when we're doing recruitment going out there, uh, what are we doing for our job ads? You know, we know uh, women respond differently to men. And, and generally, those uh, those things are actually just designed for keeping men in mind. So I do think that that starts from the very beginning of attracting talents and how you bring them in and then onboarding um, and, and keeping things in mind. For example, like, you know, if you've got young mums, you know, they, they sometimes are a different dynamic and, and how much awareness uh, have the male colleagues got um, and how sensitive they are to the stories that people are bringing. They're, they're not just, um, bring, you know, workhorses. They're actually bringing a story. So I think um, any advice for for male colleagues or or a request really is to um, be sensitive of the background and the story that people are bringing to the table. Um, and like you know, Amanda uh, mentioned as well, you know, the voice um, being heard at the table is very important. I think as women, um, we tend to self criticize a lot, um, and we wouldn't um, sometimes say even if we have to add something unless we think we really 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 are absolutely sure it is going to add something <laughs> and and I think sometimes just can get lost so um just encouraging those points of view and and um just the awareness of people's challenges because a lot of the time women who are at the table have have had quite a hard time getting there um and uh so just be aware of their journey as well that's great thank you very much so move on to the next um top, topic in focus which is what what would your advice be to a woman who's considering a career in technology but isn't in isn't from a tech background becca do you want to start us off with this one please um so i think that you don't have to have a tech background to go into tech there's roles yeah. like in tech there's roles everywhere so just because we're saying it's tech or the company's got technology and it doesn't mean you need that background um so if that's what you're interested in doing then you should go for it there's no reason why your background isn't going to be looked at um and yeah. you should try it what options are there say that you if you're not from a tech background what are there online programs and stuff that you may be able to do that people don't know about um so i I don't know any like so for me like I've done all 
I've I've been in a tech background the whole of my life yeah. and never really yeah. thought of it. So to be able to say there isn't, but the different roles within it. So like if you're in you're in a retail company or you're not in you're in a manufacturing company, there's still roles within that that are within tech. Yeah. So just because like so you could be in accounting, you could do accounts, you could do payroll, you could be doing anything that's in every single industry, not just tech. That's yeah. so you need to look at like where you want to go. But I think the options there and have a look. Definitely. Tess, you want to add something to that? Um, yeah, definitely. Just um, just going back to then just looking at how can we encourage um, women who not, aren't necessarily from a tech background. Um, there definitely are. If you look online, there's lots of really like great resources around um, low code courses. And, um, you know, right start right from the, you know, starting scratch from like coding for like beginners. There are plenty of things um, out there. Um, which, um, you know, even lots of like women um, who have basically been kind of self-starters around it and have created these kind of like um, coding from scratch um, courses, which I think are a great like resource to definitely like tap into. Um, the, the world is, I think, slowly turning into load core solutions anyway. Um, so we've got things like Power Automate out there, which are specifically designed for people who don't come from tech backgrounds. So I think the world is slowly kind of like moving to that edge anyway and making it much more open, open for people who actually aren't technologists. Um, I know I always say, you know, things like I've heard this before. It's really great that anybody can basically use Excel, basically can code as well. So anyone's kind of like using those slightly more advanced, advanced functions. Guess what? You're already coding. Um, so you'd be surprised, I think, at what you what you can do um, from a from a non-technology background. And, and I've always like mentored people within the business who actually don't come from technology. So I always say, you know, please do look within your organisation for any kind of business projects which actually do have that touch point. Because practically, I would say it'd be very unusual for a business type project that doesn't have some kind of like technical project. So it's a great way to like learn and get your segue in. Yeah, brilliant, Amanda. What advice would you give? I just think um, there's so many careers, as Rebecca said, in technology that aren't coding, and 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 obviously there's low code. Um, I've been I've worked in tech now for over 25 years. I happen to have done a computer studies degree. Didn't really like the dev piece then. Back then it was quite complex. I'm not, and I'm not saying it's not now, but I think it's um, a bit more user friendly. But there's roles like. Um, kind of user experience where often people have an English background, uh, English studies or psychology background. Um, I've generally been in delivery project program management through my career and doing some of those business interface type roles that Tesh mentions where you you understand the business strategic direction and then you work with the IT function to help translate it into an IT project. And part of Part of the skill there is trying to build the team of experts around you and know what skills you need. And um, so you're not expected to have it all. And the most exciting thing about careers in tech is, as was mentioned, you can work in any industry. So I've worked across oil and gas, manufacturing, retail, defence, utilities. Um, and I can't think of any other career where you could have that exposure. There's also um, there's a book called Squiggly Careers, which many of you may have heard of, which I love um, at Accenture. And, and I'm sure in the organisations of the ladies around the table here, we we um, encourage returners and we encourage career changers. 
and we're doing everything we can to try and get more women to come and consider careers in tech and show them how accessible and interesting and exciting you get a great um, financial reward in your career and I just can't think of a better place to be. Amazing thank you. Stevie do you want to add anything on to this? Um, yeah, just just you know, I, I agree with the, everything that's been said. I, I I was just thinking that you know a lot of careers that are around um, software engineering or coding um, are, are several possibilities there. Um, I just think that most companies nowadays have a tech function. So if you think about a company, there has to be some tech. They're doing something there. If nothing else, they're building a website. So what has happened is the tech um, world is not as narrow as it perhaps used to be. So it's quite an old school perception to just think they're going to be sitting around five people doing code in a dark room, not talking to each mm -hmm. other. I think that the world has changed and everything around it. And therefore, the demand of having different types of people bringing in those diverse skills is, is very important. So um, I was thinking about the way digital marketing works these days. They're, they're, they're writing code, HTML. They know uh, ins and outs of how pages work and load and you know we're building e-commerce systems and digital marketing is, is driving traffic they know about seos so that's like they they don't have tech backgrounds but they are very involved in that again we've got um and and, and I, I know both uh tesh and amanda have touched on that about um low code no code platforms that are becoming very very popular we happen to use one um, and we, we've hired people from, uh, you know, uh, different backgrounds, chemistry <laughs> and being one, history being one. And they're coming in and they are basically um, learning these platforms very quickly and building applications uh, that are being used by the business. Uh, business analysis is also another thing. Product ownership is one. Being a scrum master, for example, is one. Um, and you can get training in that. You don't essentially need to write code for it, but you are very much involved in the whole life cycle of software. Um, so I do think that it's more complex than just writing code. But if you were to just wanting to write code, there are lots of platforms that can get you straight in. I would also say that the, if you actually want to learn to code and you want to be a programmer, that's not like, oh, just not do that. I would still say if that's what you want, there are a number of languages like scripting languages. Python is being very, you know, at the moment, very, very popular. Those kind of things, you, you have online free tutorials and a lot of other things as well and a lot of choice around the tech. So if you did want to learn that, there are lots of opportunities around there as well. Well, yeah, thank you very much. Does anyone want to add any, anything on this point before we move on? Maybe just to quickly say, I know you asked earlier about how people can get trained. Um, yeah. and, I, and I see it a lot in the forums that I'm in where people go, you know, I found this course, it's X thousand pounds, I'm going to have to self-fund it. Is it worth it? There are so many boot camps that are sponsored. Um, look around first before spending your own money because you might actually be able to get a sponsored um, boot camp 12-week course, which then potentially will give you exposure and opportunity to apply for a job in the company that's sponsoring it. That's great. Thank you. Good information. Um, brilliant. So I'm going to move on to the challenges. This is a, this is a, a juicy one. <laughs> so what challenges have you faced as a woman in tech in the earlier stages of your career? And are they the same challenges as you face today? Um, so Becca, do you want to start us off with this one again? Uh, yes, yeah, so this is something that I like thought about more recently because I never really thought of them as challenges as women in tech, like right at the beginning of my career because it was just growing. I was new in my career. Everyone's nervous. Everyone's struggling. And I've always been around 
uh, different people who were supportive of your voice and your opinion. Um, but I think like later on, looking back at it, there was more so a lot like some of my first jobs, I'd be the only woman in the room, like not but I, that was just classed as kind of normal. It isn't now. Like yeah. where I am now, it's over 25% is women. So it's like, it's a different focus, but I never thought about it as a challenge. It was just, this is what I wanted to do. This is my career. I went to uni and it was um, 25% women, 75% men. That Because that's the, t- that's the degree that I did. Um, so I think I've just kind of always just thought it like that. Um, there's a lot more out there. There's a lot more opportunity. There's every, the businesses, the culture, what people are looking for now, it's there to support women or to support all diversities. It's not just, to me, it's, I think people's opinion of work's changed. I think that whole life work balance, what careers mean to people now has made businesses and cultures of companies change to open it up, to allow you to uh, be there for your family, to allow you to work as much as you want, to be able to go into um, different industries. And tech allows that and tech supports it. And it's a great industry to be in to have that flexibility because you're in tech you can work anywhere so you can work from home you can you can have the career that you want where maybe 20 years ago you couldn't because the tech wasn't there to be able to do it yeah amazing thank you tash i'll um i'll go to you you can see a pattern here can't you with who yeah, we're going to next so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow yeah i think when i first started out in technology it was a completely different world and um, if, if i asked any of my team they'd probably say oh what was that back in 1974 uh, well not quite it was a uh, late 90s thanks very much but it was a different a different generation and different like ilk of technology then because there wasn't there wasn't anything called women in tech or anything like that so it was you know it was almost like you know you, you, you choose a career path exactly what Rebecca said you didn't really like think about it actually you didn't think about it as a, as a problem so your career you know my career at the time was definitely built around learning my, my crafts and um, when you think about like career progression it was very much in those days fixated around what, what technologies do you know? Have you got mastery? Um, and then kind of like once you've got that, then going through the book. So it's almost like you had to follow a designed path. You couldn't spend a couple of years being really great, performing great. And then like moving up the ladder, it was almost like you had to kind of earn, earn these badges um, before you kind of like get Then I think the world has changed, thankfully, a little bit now where um, if you prove yourself and you've got that great appetite for like learning you can prove yourself that you can like move upwards so I'm, I'm glad that those challenges have changed a little bit that the one that hasn't unfortunately is that is the lack of like role models which are no different to you know 20 25 years plus whatever when I first started out I still don't have anyone that looks like me or sounds like me and you kind of like get to that point in your life thinking, oh, my God, now I'm going to have to be the role model, um, <laughs> which is slightly daunting for me. But, you know, I've, I've learned to accept that in these like recent like years that, yeah, we, you know, we have to like keep pushing those boundaries and, and those um, challenges, uh, unfortunately, um, still do exist. Um, I don't know. What's your thoughts, Amanda? Um, yeah, I mean, I started my career a similar time as you, Tesh. So times were very different, but we were just founding the Shell Women in Tech community. So I was really lucky to have that awareness um, from very early on. But like um, Becca said, my degree, there, there weren't many women. Um, and I think for that reason is probably why I didn't actually go on to progress to do coding because um, I looked around me and there was nobody who looked like me doing it. Like you say, there was 
it probably it seemed a bit unaccessible even though I studied it as part of my degree it was like well I probably won't go on to do that um the middle of my career I think well probably 15 years ago now I remember being on a on a course and we were all asking each other what we were doing and somebody said oh I don't, I, you don't look like somebody who works in tech and I was like right, what do I look like and I went oh I don't know somebody who works in marketing <laughs> wow you know that's amazing that people still think like that and I think actually times are really different now when we go out and do STEM engagement in schools and stuff we're actually encouraged to not bring in like the the gender bias challenge or question because we're introducing something to the kids that they've not thought of themselves they're, they're just thinking they can do whatever they want and it doesn't matter what their gender is and and hopefully that is part of their future and um, that's what it's going to look like for them so I think challenges are very different now it's again around making sure everybody feels included that everyone has a sense of belonging recognizing that we're all at different stages of our lives i've got older children i've got younger children like this summer holiday period has been really tough and um, making sure that i've balanced childcare with being sufficiently present in my role and delivering and um people have their own personal challenge so recognize man or woman we're, we're humans at the end of the day and we're going to bring our whole selves to work and we need to support each other yeah definitely i'm just sorry just going back to what you're saying about the codes and then you didn't go to that because you thought uh, maybe i didn't fit in with that is there something maybe at that time that maybe the teacher or a mentor could have done to support you yeah yeah definitely i think if i'd had a female lecturer or um somebody in my life that I looked up to as a role model who was a woman in tech who was doing coding I suspect I would have gone on to do it and I always actually think if I was to change careers now if I was going to go back and retrain I'd love to be a data scientist so my my career my degree was maths and computing and I love data I'd love to be a data scientist or I would love to work in cyber security because I think they're brilliant um growing areas of expertise but yeah, I think if I'd had those visible role models who'd shown me it was accessible and it was still interesting and there were opportunities, I, w- I would have gone on to do it. Seemingly, do you want to go next or finish off on this on this point? Yeah, of course. Um, I was just thinking about challenges and uh, probably I'm showing my age a bit when I say this. But, um, I think that, again, you know, w- when I started my career as, as an engineer, uh, it was different times and you know, it was back in C, C++ days, uh, which nobody wants to code now. Nobody wants to touch that. Um, but I think that um, in that time, what I really, really felt um, when I graduated, I thought I could do anything. That's why I went to do computing. I didn't think, oh, I shouldn't choose it. So when I started my job as well, I didn't feel any different. I didn't think of myself as any different um, to my male colleagues. That is something I developed the awareness of once I started working, because how differently I was treated. Um, in discussions around the table, um, it was a sense of you were treated as if you are a little bit lower in ability or intelligence, or you don't quite grasp it because your type of people haven't really done this kind of thing, you know. So it was kind of like, oh, yeah, I know she would just be saying that, but let's just think about other things. So so I think you, you get that sense. And initially you just think, oh, you know, that's just one discussion, but you find out over time that is a trend. And then you realize eventually, oh, OK, that is a problem um, and, and, and all that. 
Um, and I so I do think that there is a there was a conservative view of what um, the the female colleagues could achieve in coding and in software engineering in general. I felt that the challenge also was distribution of responsibilities, and when people were assigning work and uh, and all that, that was something that came into play as well. Um, I would say challenges now, um, kind of you know, 15, 20 years on, is um, more around um, negotiation. So high level um, conversations, negotiation at the board level, C-suite level about why they should uh, have an awareness of, you know, um, things around mental health, uh, menopause, endometriosis, a lot of health issues that women wouldn't speak about um, and, and, and all of those things. So pushing that um, narrative or at the board level, because again, you know, we don't have a lot of female representation at board level across the board. Uh, it's not just tech. Um, and then so so having more corporate influence over policy uh, where we can uh, pave the way and make it easier for um, for our um, women in general and also for female tech engineers to to um, to have a, a better experience than, than we had. So that's kind of the challenge now, as I see it. Brilliant. Does anyone want to add on to anything onto that, or shall we go on to um, the next point? Yeah, no, I think, um, Simi, you're dead, you're dead right about that influencing at that C-suite level, because uh, unfortunately, you know, back back in the day to where we are today, it is still very much stale male pale, um, and we need to change that narrative by influencing from the top down. Um, so, yeah, as you say, on those topics that you just touched upon it is it is really important but I also think there's a bit of a especially for a lot of the organizations with with women in tech and and that lack of like diversity to try and um promote those liaisons with um some you know schools colleges etc and so we can try and promote some of the 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 foundational learning so you know stem stem technology so it makes it possible for um you know the younger uh, ladies and and our you know girls within schools to to really see and and get, be inspired by some stories that actually is possible for for everyone actually to have a a a, a healthy and, and flourishing career in tech. And I think that's yeah, where absolutely, got to start. absolutely, yeah. I think that's yeah. the that's the place we can uh, perhaps focus on because that's where uh, you know I think Amanda touched on it before. At that stage, they don't have those biases. They're just unaware of of um, the you know the limitations that we kind of realize eventually in our career so I think that you know going there reaching out is the way to go and encouraging them to to say well it is possible and again like you know Tesha I know you know uh, just by coincidence you end up being in a position where you're like okay I am the example so I have to go in and say look I had a career and it worked out really well for me so if you do that it will you know it will be all right and yeah, I know that it's probably not the position that uh, any of us would, you know, would have desired to begin with. But again, if we wouldn't do it, who else would? So I think that's a very important thing good to point. do as well. Yeah, good point. Definitely. I think it does all stem down to school um, and actually bringing in that awareness of tech isn't just on an Excel spreadsheet. Because that's what, like, just going back to when I was in school, all we did in IT, I think it was the PE teacher who taught IT. It wasn't someone who was from the IT background and we just went on the computer. You bring up Excel spreadsheet and just play about that and make things subtract from something else. And that's pretty much what was my what was my IT um, class. So, yeah, 
wasn't great. <laughs> um, so in terms of um, call for change and maybe the tips or um, things that maybe we could change now, um, say when you were in school or any mentors and stuff like that, what, what, what calls of change are still needed now to ensure? So right now in this current day, what, what changes do you think are still needed to help women in tech flourish in their careers? <laughs> So <laughs> to you again. <laughs> I think like, so a lot of it's been mentioned, but I think a lot of it's having more women in senior roles so that you've got yeah. someone to look up to or know where you can progress and where you can go. Um, but that's obviously not just in tech, that's everywhere, having people in those roles where you go that actually this is where I can go. But I think also being more open or sharing or supporting from like our roles and bringing people in and giving them that support and help to get up and showing yeah. that it is nice and it is a good place to work and there is all these opportunities and you have the op- you have the opportunity to progress where you are or branch out to any speciality. That's great, thank you. Tash, what do you think can be changed at, in this present day to, yeah, to actually think, support? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question actually because I think I, I've read more recently in, in various um, technology um, reports that actually that there's a real urgency around women in tech and uh, a call for change and, and, and turning the dial because actually um, we're not getting any better and if, in fact we're probably getting slightly worse in terms of our numbers like right now so I think I've talked about being quite intentional and really action orientated around our numbers and, and what we need to do behind that, whether that's like programs on or how you like recruit. We're, we're still, I think, very much I've got like personal experience around um, the recruitment like process. And, and it feels very much that it hasn't really changed much. You know, that we, we talk, we've heard, we've all heard about um, profiling and, and using certain language so that our, you know, job profiles may, may appear more attractive for for women to basically apply but in in reality if you kind of like look out there not much has like really changed so I think you know we need to get a little bit like serious now um around this and you know I've often seen you know when you've got like some statements to try and encourage like women into um some of some of these kind of like roles statements around like flexible working and this that and the other they're hidden away like right at the bottom of the profile let's put them like right at the top you know there's there are small wins that you can do that actually make like such a massive difference um so yeah i think it's it's really time to kind of for, for a lot of the i would say um larger organizations certainly who are more visible to really kind of like step up on on this score and and really make things happen because um no, nothing's changing really fast uh it's, it's actually getting worse so i think we, we need to put some of that weight behind it and you know i i certainly feel accountable um for, for that kind of story and that's pretty much why I'm here today so that you know hopefully by by me doing this that other women in tech hopefully will will be encouraged um into into careers and, and starting to themselves maybe motivate and change change the narrative a little bit as well yeah that's great Amanda you mentioned that Accenture are doing type of programs and stuff to make that make it aware and, and make it a good place for women to work um what what do you think in terms of what changes are you making maybe yourself or as a company yeah. to, to make it a good place for women? I think as Tesh said, we we all need to look at how we attract women, how we onboard them, you know, do we give them a really nice onboarding experience? So this is people who are already in the tech sector. 
So how we attract them, how we onboard them, how we recruit them, how we onboard them and how we retain them. So how do we look after them when they're in the organisation? Because it's a competitive market. And if you're not treating people right, um, then females drop out at a higher percentage than men, unfortunately, for many different reasons. So um, those points about making sure things like flexible working are visible on adverts and headhunting for roles where you know you've got more of a female talent pool doing things like cv leveling so that you only interview the men when you've interviewed the women that were the candidates and make sure you've got the same number of male and female candidates before you even start the interview process those things are really hard if you're trying to in, to recruit at pace but if you're in a position where you can um, do kind of a, a steady recruitment over the course of your year then um, i think we should all be trying those but there's a bigger problem that we need to try and make sure we're encouraging um, a younger pipeline of people to come up and consider uh, tech careers. And I remember hearing something interesting last year that at my kids' school, which is a, a mixed school, um, not many girls take com computer studies. But at my at a friend's school, where it's all girls, loads of girls take computer studies. So again, it's about the importance of those role models around you and us being influenced by our peers, because um, where the girls see like, oh, well, it's just really interesting and exciting and I love it and my friend's doing it and that, and and, and they'll consider to pursue that career. Um, whereas if they say, well, actually it's only the geeky boys who are going into the, you know, into computer studies, then it's not something for me. Um, so we do have to go out, we have to be visible role models. We have to be going into schools. Like Tash said, I, I, I'm not always comfortable with it, but I'm really active in it. And I go and speak to schools and tell them about my career. Um, and I just think everybody at many different stages of their career could do that. Even as an apprentice, you could go out to a school and tell them what your experience has been like. Yeah, brilliant. Simi, you mentioned about job advertisements and changing that up to make it a more um, approachable for women to join or apply for that role. Tell us a little bit about that and what you think could change in that area. Hello. There we go. Um, yeah, the my room. Mouse decided to die. <laughs> um, yeah, I Please. think, um, yeah, so we, um, when we started recruiting, that was an area we were very weak in. Um, so, well, when I took on the role of um, head of engineering, I, I wanted to put like special attention to that. So the job descriptions that we um, created are, are are around, you know, keeping that in mind. Um, and and we've had relative success uh, with that. I would say we we managed to attract more women um, than we did before. Um, also, the way the job description is done, if you um, meet 70, 80% of the criteria, you will basically get filtered through. And I think also this is another thing to be sensitive about that um, women tend not to apply if they don't meet 100% of the bullet points. Um, and I think we found that, you know, it's, it's not just um, making the job description where we've put out a lot of material around it, videos and posts and stuff like that on, on forums to encourage them to apply. I also wanted to touch on um, uh, the, the question as, as, as largely as well. Um, is that what more can we do is, is you know, or what can we do now is, is um, something that Tesh um, touched on is um, we have to do we have to stop saying things now and we have to start doing um, because I do think that there is a lot of action 
um, that you know some people are taking, um, but we need to do it uh, more. I think from our perspective, women in leadership, they have the responsibility to be more visible um, and, and there's just no other choice but to do that. And where we have wins to share it with people and making sure that they are getting the message. Um, and for allies and businesses, they, they need to make sure that the business has got the representation, the leadership in the business has got that representation overall, not just in tech. Um, and I think that um, also like in our culture, just make sure that we are aware, there is an air show happening here, um, <laughs> we are aware that um, women actually sometimes do tend to bring in a different perspective. And it's not just women, it's all diverse groups. So uh, when we are at the table, a lot of the times people tend to get a bit uncomfortable because they're just not uh, familiar with different perspectives. So I think that opening up that that discussion to say it is okay when different perspectives are brought to the table it makes us better not worse um so i think all of that and uh, is what we need to do well yeah thank you so i'm going to move on from this um because i'm just wary of the time as well um and i want to start asking about basically advice what you would give um male colleagues to better support female colleagues in the workforce so um, Becca, do you, again, <laughs> do you want to start us off on that? I just feel it's just flowing nicely. So, yeah, what, what advice would you say give your male colleagues that would make female colleagues in the workforce feel more supported and comfortable? Um, so I think a lot of it is just make sure that, like, if you're in a room or in a meeting, make sure everyone talks. So, like, yeah. so making sure that it's not just, like, a few voices that are talking, that everyone has that opportunity to speak uh, because some people don't. Um, I think that's a starting point um, and also just remembering everybody everyone's yeah. human everyone's different everyone's dealing with something differently um, so just be a little bit more people yeah yeah definitely Tash what do you think is she on mute thinking on mute Tash sorry listeners I've just come up mute. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me I think um, I'd, I'd definitely like to see some of my my you know male colleagues and you know peers across the industry um, practice some of that behavioral change um, so wh where they see certain language being used to start to call that out so when, where something doesn't sound right it'd be really helpful if it wasn't just another woman calling it out but for, you know, a male counterpart to call some of that out, because I think that's really important in terms of like, encouraging the voice um, within um, an organisation. Um, you know, I talked about, the, you know, we've, I think we've all talked about soliciting opinions. I think that's really important. Um, I know when I was like starting out actually within Sainsbury's, um, it was a new tech area for me. Um, and there is a bit of an accountability, I think, um, on, on yourself to sometimes, you know, make sure you're seeking out those male allies as well to help you along your journey, which is exactly like what I, what I did. It was a, a new area for me. I'd come from more of a kind of like software application background. I went into infrastructure. Um, but the, the product guy who I was working with and still do is really great because he has been in this field for, you know, more than 15, 20 years. Uh, and it's somebody who I can um, always rely on as a good ally, where, whereas I can like bring different insights from my different technology experience. He's got the, the pedigree um, in this particular area. So he's a trusted partner that I can like work with if I've ever got any stumbling box and it, and it works like two ways so I always like encourage it's not just like a, a one-way road but 
it's got to be that collaboration, I think, and that's when it works really well. Great, thank you. We all know who I'm going to go to next. <laughs> Amanda, you go for it. Um, I was hesitating whether I say this because you also don't want to come across as an extreme feminist. But yeah. I, I guess um, what I was, if, I, if I'm going to speak openly, just be aware of the banter around the table and make sure it's ex it's not excluding people, um, especially in quite male-dominated environments. And I love I love a bit of banter, but sometimes I feel a bit out of my depth and um, not sure how to appropriately get involved in it without taking it too far. Um, so be sensitive to the fact that this is an inclusive environment. We're trying to make everybody feel welcome and included around the table. And if something is quite sensitive, then maybe it's not appropriate to say it. Yeah, I'm really glad that you actually did say that. Um, it's definitely something that needs to be pointed out and approached. So, yeah, thank you. Um, Simi, what do you think? This mouse is playing off again. Yeah, <laughs> okay, so um, I think the um, what I would like to say is a lot of the times, um, especially in tech, you might find that um, a woman is perhaps the only woman in the room. Um, and if it is the case, people tend to form a group and then leave that person alone. They are just another part of the team. I mean, we have talked a lot about their individual issues, but in as a whole, they are the part of the team. So treat them equally as you would any other colleague on in, in your group um, and reach out and uh, welcome them in and, um, you know, and, and make them feel at home. They are there to contribute. They are there on merit, going through a lot of challenges, perhaps a bit more than their male counterparts. So just include them, reach out and make sure that they are also an equal part of the team. That's great. Thank you all very much. Um, so I'm going to basically wrap it up now. But what I'd like is like a little 20 second bit of um, advice from each of you for a woman who who's or someone who's coming out of school, some advice for them starting their career within tech. So just a little tiny snippet. Um, Let's go reverse. I'm, go I'm, I'm mixing it up a little bit. So, Simi, you're up first. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> I would just say if you were, if you were um, a, a woman coming out of uh, school, thinking about different careers, just know that um, there is no limit. Uh, have ambition and drive. And don't be afraid to uh, aim high because there is literally no limit to what you can achieve if you put your mind to it. I would say tech is just one of those options. It is a very popular choice. It is very flexible and it might give you a lot of opportunities going in future. And because the industries are so varied, you can work in several different um, areas and you might like, you know, aerospace one day or electronics manufacturing like I did, you know, jump around and find out what you like. So there is a lot of options there. Um, but whatever you you put your mind to, you can achieve. Um, so so don't don't think that there isn't you know that you you should name high. So that would be well, my advice. Thank you, Amanda. What advice would you give? Um, stay curious. Know that if you're going to go into a career in tech, there is so much opportunity, and probably opportunity for your career to go quickly, much more quicker than other industries because we need more women at the top. Um, if you're just starting out. Make yourself a LinkedIn account, find people who are aligned with your purpose and passions and who might work in the areas that you think you might want to work into and follow them, connect with them. LinkedIn's a great place for making those connections. Um, and and yeah, like Simi says, just um follow your dreams and go for it. Don't don't think it's not it's impossible. 
and you'll have lots of help along the way because there's lots of people wanting you to be successful. Amazing. Thank you. Tash, over to you. Yeah, I think for me, probably what resonates with me the most is to push yourself outside of your comfort zone. Because um, I think you'll often surprise yourself at how brilliant you can be when you do. Um, I think, Amanda, you've like talked about working in several different like industries. Um, I've had the, that fortunate uh, and I've been fortunate and very lucky to do exactly the same and work in lots of different um, areas, but also different technologies. So don't forget, actually, that once you've kind of like grasped onto like one area and um, those skills are a little bit of a technical issue. Um. Yeah, go on, Tess, sorry, you broke up then. <laughs> broke up then and now. I'm yeah. having great Wi-Fi today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think it's just about, yeah, you know, pushing yourself and, um, you know, getting used to being a little bit uncomfortable and explore those opportunities because um, there's yeah. a, lo- a lot for the for the taking there. Brilliant, thank you. And um, last but not least, Becca, do you want to finish us off? Uh, you should go with what you want to do. There's nothing to stop you. So go and, go and jump in the deep ends and go for it because the whole goal is to work on what you would like to work on and that's what the companies are aimed for in the culture and don't get worried about what's happened or you've seen just go in there put your step in the door put your foot in the door (laughs) (laughs) definitely thank you very much so yeah I'm gonna wrap this up um I just want to take the time to thank you all for going in so so deeply into what it is that you actually think and I know this sometimes in cases like Amanda said you don't want to come across as maybe being a feminist but I just think it's so important to get these points across and I think that everybody um, brought the point across in the, in the best possible way so I do appreciate it um, for everyone listening this has been the Evolution Exchange podcast and thank you all again for listening